Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coronation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am back. Gosh darn, feels good to be here. Greg Mahachko, that's me. That's a horrible way to introduce myself. So I'm obviously a little out of practice. Joining me, the two guys who hold the fort and when necessary, hold each other. We have our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. Say hello to the nice people, John. Hi, nice people. Perfect. And of course, as always, Todd Wolverton. Hello, Todd. Hi, Greg. You're looking excessively handsome tonight. Thank you. I'm not entirely sure how to take that, but me and this beverage here say it's going to be a good night. Excessively handsome. My wife doesn't even say that. Well, somebody's got to be there to. His <laughs> wife does. <laughs> That's a raises a good question. I'm sure that you you got you know you both have been married longer than me. Uh, it, there, there's no secret about that. You have children older than, well, not older than me, but close. I feel like we're all husbands, maybe not across the globe, but I think, you know, we're all pretty complimentary to our ladies. You know, when my wife calls me, I greet her with hello, beautiful or hello, gorgeous. And and, are you guys getting reciprocated on, on that as, as infrequently as I like, do your wives just say, Oh, hi, handsome John. I mean, not that that's what she would say, but I mean, you know what I mean? Let's have a little. We're going to start the show. Those expectations died decades ago. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I uh, I haven't heard anything like that in a long time. I can't speak freely right now. (laughs) They're still downstairs in the next room. John, blink twice if it's safe. <laughs> Are you being held against your will? <laughs> All right. Well, we started the day with John asking the question of what are we going to talk about this week? And that was roughly 12 hours ago, maybe maybe 10. And since then, boy, the Big Ten hath blown up bringing in at at least two teams from the Pac-12, two teams from sunny Southern California, who I don't really think are going to be used to playing in these cold Midwestern uh, climates. USC and UCLA apparently approved to be added to the Big Ten. Guys, what the hell's going on with college football? Well, I'd say the whoredom has reached a whole new level. We were whores before, but wow. I mean, think about this. I want you to really consider this, all right? Earlier, earlier, like in the last year, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 did this thing where they said they were the alliance so they could stop college football expansion and negotiating rights, like we're just going to try this twelve-game expansion to see what happens with. And really, ESPN wanted that. Oh, we'll take all the rights for that. And the college football playoff committee was like, "Oh, we, uh, we like ESPN because they're going to give us more money and more sports." And then, and then today, the Big Ten, the conference throughout its history that has stood for the student athlete, about the welfare of student athletes turned around and said, fuck your alliance. Whack Jimmy right in the back of the head when he wasn't looking like we're in some kind of what? Sopranos show. It took two. It took the two teams that destroy the Pac-12 when they go away. I, that's pretty fucking ruthless. You know what I mean? That is, that's a level of whore that you didn't think, I didn't think the Big Ten had in them. And I guess I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, uh, should I be impressed with this level of ruthlessness and, and absolute just like, yeah, there's bags of money and we want it 
from the Big Ten, or should I be utterly disgusted at this? Todd? You have framed it in a typical John manner that I guess I hadn't thought of, but I have to agree with you. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the Big Ten also likes to hold itself up as, you know, institutions of integrity. And paragons um, of virtue. Yes, yes. Legends and leaders. Right. Oh, my God. uh, (laughs) All of these, you know, uh, philosophies, I guess, if you will. And there's been, you know, kind of looking down your noses at those hicks in the Southeast Conference. Right. and, you know, that, that attitude that we're better than them. And, and uh, we got more to life than, you know, football on Saturdays, all this, this kind of crap. And it's, it's, it's crap. It's, yeah, it is. it's garbage. And, you know, for, you know, the Big Ten, you know, to turn around and, and you know, whack Jimmy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Under, under the flag of truce, so to speak. Um, you know, that's, it's unreal, but why should we be surprised? I mean, you know, the, the reality is, is that, um, you know, some people might say the end of college football as we know it is now upon us. Well, that ended maybe, you know, I read someplace that probably ended when Texas wanted to negotiate their own television contract and look, look where we're at now. Um, truth of the matter is this, we may add some teams to the big 10 conference, but this isn't over. And eventually there's going to be some kind of a super league of 30 some odd teams. And there's people that probably there's schools that probably feel really safe right now because they're in the big 10 or the sec that will be on the outside looking in when is, when the dust eventually clears. You're muted. First of all, Todd, I'm glad you were able to turn it around and blame Texas. <laughs> you know, they did uh, the, kind of set this off sure they did go ahead, go ahead. it it reminds me I, I i'm trying to draw parallels to another like outrageous big money but it, in oddly enough originating in texas when the texas rangers gave alex rodriguez that huge contract and then we started to see an explosion of major league baseball contracts um i again i'm just looking for for things that i can you know, stones to hurl it at Texas. Um, Before we get too far down this rabbit hole, another report came out not too terribly long ago that Oregon and Washington have also applied for membership in the Big Ten. Now, with the exception of maybe Stanford, Stanford's had some recent success. I mean, you're pulling away the creme de la creme of, of a, power five program or a power five conference the pac 12 if it wants to remain solvent is going to have to say huh okay well wyoming i guess if you want to if you want to in now's your shot i mean i i this entire thing we in this offseason we have had the conversation about conference realignment and I think I brought up uh, college football was at its best with smaller regional conferences. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody uh, in this chat or, or in this conversation, anybody watching or listening at home, at work, on the road, wherever they may be, that can't say that the Big Eight was the best. Or you know, let's let's not talk money, you know, because that that as it always does, that throws an entire different wrench into the conversation. But you look at Nebraska was at its best during the big eight. Right. And I'm not talking about just Nebraska, but college football was at its best when it was smaller regional, when you're recruiting against, you know, the, the neighboring States. Right. Uh, And, and you're building up because I don't know how I, I know that there's Californians for Nebraska or, you know, there, there, there are fan groups out there who will support and are tickled to death that uh, hearing this 
news, but there's a lot of people who just aren't going to make those games. You go back to the big eight when you can just drive there on a Friday night, you know, theoretically and, and be there for Saturday morning game, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening game. You had a lot more. And I, I know it's changed. So I'm, I, it's a bad comparison, but I feel like you had more fan energy, not just beverages in fans you know <laughs> like well, it was a different it was a different type of energy when it was when it was smaller you know from from the southwest conference uh and in texas leaving that uh, uh you know and and eventually forming the big 12 uh you know and not just texas but you know um a uh, m tech etc but i i continue to feel that like my my dream of Nebraska football would be, you know, playing against Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Missouri. Uh, I would like to them to be in a conference with Wisconsin, uh, but, but Colorado, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, something smaller, something regional, something where you re- truly hate every team that you're playing because they're all your neighbors. Right now, we just hate Iowa because they've been beating us for the last five years. We don't hate anybody else, and that's frustrating. That, okay, the fair question is to ask this. Do we really miss that stuff because it was regional or, let's say, more pure amateurish? Or do we just miss it because we suck and we're losing? No, I, I think... Can it be both? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it can be both. Yeah. But I, as, an, as a guy who's getting older and just turned 60, I do ask myself, am I upset about this because it's something to be upset about? Or am I upset about it because it's just change? And I don't like change because I got old and, you know, it's different. I think that's a fair question you should ask yourself. Well, confirmation bias, confirmation bias exists in all of us. And and the way that you combat confirmation bias is to just ask yourself, what if I'm wrong? John, I I, I concur. You're still wrong about that haircut, John. You won't (laughs) listen to us. (laughs) But I tell you what, though, and I've said it, I think I've said it some other times, you know, I still on Saturdays. I'm looking at the scores from the old big eight schools. You know, those, those are the, no, that's true. I'm still kind of tuned into that. So I think that's more than, you know, the fact that Nebraska used to, to win that conference and beat those teams up. No, I, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of developed an affection for, you know, the, the, those people and, you know, shoot at the college world series last week, you know, at different times, you know, when Ole Miss is stomping their way to a national championship, every other inning or so, you had the SEC chant. And, and you know, there's – think about it. The SEC has pretty much stayed intact. And, you know, they've added a few from the outside. But in reality, you know, that, that, that conference is still, you know, just kind of the original bunch that were there. It's the it's the revenge for the Civil War loss. <laughs> I I think I saw. Um, I was having this conversation uh, at lunch uh, through uh, chat and, and messenger with a buddy, of my friend of the show, Josh. If if he happens to be listening, and he sent me the new uh, conference alignments, which was essentially a, a map of the United States uh, during the Civil War with with the the, the Confederates and, and and everybody else. It's like. That's the SEC continues to expand into territories that dare I say, just kind of share their, you know, they have that communal bond of being from the South. Like they're not, they're not, they're not reaching to expand to anything new, you know, whereas. except, Except for Oklahoma. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. I'm not, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't disagree. Um, they didn't take Oklahoma State though, so that's only like half credit, right? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, Greg, think about that though for a minute. I mean, they've expanded into like schools, or you know, you know, kind of like brethren mindsets. Like yeah, and you know, they didn't go after TV TV eyes. I mean, you know, bringing bringing Texas. Okay, you're going to bring Texas in, and there are some there. There's some markets there, but the Big Ten has been totally focused on that. You know, you don't bring in Rutgers because you want to improve the quality of athletics in your conference. You're not bringing in – if they truly wanted to upgrade the level of competition in the big conference, you bring in Stanford. 
The men's program right now, number one in the Capital Cup rankings. Women's program at Stanford, number two in the women's. They are the best athletic university across the board in the United States of America. And they bring that cachet as well about, uh, you know, the, the higher education uh, that the Big Ten has always, uh, you know, had that feather in their cap. <laughs> you can't bring Stanford into the Big Ten. You have one nerd school. If you have two nerd school, it's like, you know, chaos, mass destruction. They'll come up with something that blows up the entire planet. Besides that, who would we call nerds? Tell me a sport in the Big Ten Conference that doesn't benefit from having Stanford come in, that doesn't get better by having Stanford come in. Maybe bas- maybe men's basketball. Okay, and, and let's, let's talk about that for a minute. You mentioned the SEC is all stuck together, and I think that's largely because the SEC is singularly focused on football. Okay. Baseball they, is the other sport that they really have a handle on, and that's largely because they control – uh, geography as much as anything. I mean, if the, if the season were moved or shift so that it uh, wasn't so much of a cold a detriment to the cold weather schools, oh, who am I kidding? We wouldn't compete because the Big Ten doesn't fucking care about baseball, right? But the SEC has been singularly focused on football, whereas the Big Ten does – they are the wrestling conference. They are the volleyball conference. I don't know, lacrosse maybe? I don't know. You know, I don't know lacrosse well enough, but hockey. Know, Stanford would be a hockey, good addition in volleyball. Right. Yeah. But you know. uh, I, I think you're right about them focusing on, well, they're focusing on money. Do you know why they're focused on money, Todd? It makes the world go around. Because they're the biggest whores. They're the big, they whack Jimmy. Didn't even fucking think about it. What about his wife and children? Fuck the Arizona schools. That's what they said. One of the other guys looked at him and said, what about the Arizona schools? Fuck those schools. Come on. By the way, you know, everybody, everybody's learning this uh, already because they've seen the post. They've seen the uh, episode pop up in their podcast feed. Uh, The five heart podcast uh, titled this week is the big 10 whack Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) I said, Jimmy probably needs a more. Well, who, who's a Jimmy for UCLA or USC? No, they didn't get whacked. Jimmy's in one of the other schools. I couldn't remember their conference commissioner's name Colorado. because nobody cared. Nobody cared about their conference commissioner's name. In fact, probably one of the most revealing tweets tonight was, uh, and it was done by a few people that said, this is why this is happening is because right now BTN is covering this live and the Pac-12 network is showing reruns of volleyball. Mm. And that's really that's really comes down to what it is, is the Pac-12 failed so badly at this whole network thing. I mean, really bad. Like, I couldn't have fucked it up worse than they did. They're they're uh, they're the wish dot com version of ESPN Classic. Man, how about that? I I do. I don't. There's good in that. I mean, is there goodness? Yes. We're in the big 10. That's what the good is. Yeah. We're in the big 10 for now, John, for now. (laughs) No, no. I made this point when I was talking to uh, that other guy we have (laughs) Husker Mike during in the media rights podcast, that the one thing that Nebraska actually, I mean, we're not, we still have a huge football brand and we're going to watch football, even if we're terrible, apparently, but we are, we are going to, we are one of the, we constantly put out the highest like viewing of volleyball games of other women's basketball games. You know what I mean? Those games, softball, those games are Nebraska fans eat that shit up more than anybody else does. So not uh, quite wrestling. I mean, I'd, I'd like to, I know that we have a huge wrestling following, but when you have Iowa, Penn state, you know, things like that, that's, a, that's good competition for all the right reasons. Um, I try and figure. I feel like as the conference continues to expand, as it clearly will. I mean, with these four potentially four teams, it's up to eighteen now. I believe uh, if 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 we're talking Washington and Oregon as well, I think it's only a matter of time until Pitt comes over, uh, and then we can have Penn State and Pitt. 
and then I wouldn't be surprised if we get Iowa State. Yeah. It- <laughs> And then Fuck think them. about this. Think about this. Not for not for football, but basketball. If you had uh, annual games, Kansas versus UCLA in conference play, Michigan State, Michigan State, UCLA. I mean, it's it's again. I, I completely agree. Where SEC is solely focused on the one thing that the SEC is good at, and and Ole Miss winning the Big Ten, or uh, I'm sorry, the uh, uh, College World Series, notwithstanding, the SEC is only good at, at two things college football and bucking their cousins right so wow wow i mean come on they have arkansas for god's sakes <laughs> and mississippi. Oh. what time and mississippi State. Miss- oh you got to do something I- in a in whatever town is mississippi state i don't Art- even know vegas no, Starksville, yeah. yeah. You would think that this is going to lead to a change in how they handle scheduling with the divisions in football. I mean, basketball, they can just, you know, kind of add some more schedule conference games. But in football, they're going to have to get – You don't you think they're going to have to get rid of the divisions and go with this pod thing like the ACC did or – Tell you what, whatever. you know, they're, they're talking almighty dollars – Screw the non-conference games. You got enough teams now. Play, play twelve Big Ten games. SEC play twelve SEC games. I mean, you, you can't the get the SEC to play ten SEC games. Well, they're, they're too you. busy scheduling Mercer and Citadel and and a junior if, high peewee team from nineteen forty three. The SEC's talking about having their own kind of playoff. Well, then. Have your own little flipping world down there. Crown your national championship of the Confederacy. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Do you think this looks like the AFL and or the AFC NFC? What were they? Yeah, they were the way, NFL, AFL and NFL, doesn't it? We'll have yeah, two national championships. And- we'll get back to two national champions every year. <laughs> and Jefferson Davis will have claimed victory from the grave. There you go. Yeah, they could play for the Jefferson Davis Cup. So, so what do we think this adds for Nebraska? What does it I mean, add we, for Nebraska? We get it. We get it. Frequent flyer miles. Well, we get. Uh, okay, go back. The media rights podcast I did with Mike. We were already the big 10 was going to become the first conference is going to get a billion dollars a year. So adding this on top of that, I don't know what that expands it to, but what it expands it to is massive of tons, shit tons of money. So, you know, they're just chartering flights for everything from now on. Question. Doing anything uh, else would be stupid, but I, I have a serious question. Cause uh, I admit uh, uh, I'm a bad co-host and I didn't listen to last week's episode. Who the hell has got that kind of time? Um, <laughs> I mean, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, so that, that, that contract is that, you know, next big 10 network media rights deal is set. Right. So if you bring in two or four more teams, does everybody get a smaller slice of the pie or are they oh, going to not, amend it's not the contract? It's, no, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. Okay. So, okay. So it's not done yet. So now you're adding. You're not just adding two teams. Like again, no offense to Wyoming. I feel like I'm picking on them. I'm not. You're not adding a Wyoming or a Boise State or even a Kansas or Kansas State. You're adding UCLA, USC, for sure. And then you know they might have even made the decision by now, but potentially Washington and Oregon. I'd say Oregon and Washington, but ow, that one. Never mind. Uh, I like it. Uh, I like it. Thank you. So now you're talking about. Essentially, two entrenched legacy programs, you know, athletic departments, Washington that has a good history, and then Oregon, God love them, has a recent history. I mean, and and Nike money as well. So you might as well just add on another zero to whatever deal that, that, that meteorites. I mean, you'd almost have to, right? Because if you think about it, unless... Unless the the USC uh, game, you know, with Notre Dame is always going to be on NBC, and I guess maybe that's the deal because it's it's Notre Dame until that contract is up. Um, 
you have that potential down the road of, of picking up Notre Dame here and there. Um, it, it's there. There's so many, hate to say it this way, but there's so many brands now in this conference that it's, it, I don't, I, I really just don't see how you manage to hold on to a Rutgers or Maryland. Right. I mean, again, not to, not to kick them while they're down, but what are they, what are they adding? What are they bringing to the table? Rutgers has got TV, TV watchers. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. can't, you're not going to boot Rutgers because you got New York city and Jersey and, but, but are look, they, are, are they, are I, I've never heard like no offense to Rutgers fans. I I've never heard of you. I've but, never had any interaction with a Rutgers fan, but they're going to, but, but when, when you have the networks out there and, you know, alums from Michigan state and alums from, um, Iowa that live in that metropolitan area can watch a basketball game on television because the network is now there. I got you. I got that's, you. You know, that's, that impacts that, you know, but you, Greg, I want to, wouldn't it be, and I, 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 go ahead, Todd. No, sorry. I, <laughs> I wanted to jump on your Notre Dame comment. Can, you know, because Notre Dame you know, right now, you know, in essence, is an ACC program with privileges and uh, with benefits. Friend, you know, ACC with benefits, um, and yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so, if the ACC, which you know, that was the news of the week when the ACC announced a new football scheduling plan, and that just that that's that's uh, back page news now. But can Notre Dame? stand pat or do they just absolutely, I mean, Notre Dame's got good athletics across the board and apparently it's important to them, you know, um, or else they'd suck at everything else. Can Notre Dame continue going it alone in essence or no, they have to join the ACC, which is a middling conference. Well, we don't know what the, the ACC has to do something here. Here's the thing with Notre Dame. The ACC owns uh, basically – it's like signing a publishing contract. Your, your publishing company would look at you and say, if you write another book, we get to look at it first before anybody else does. Legally, in a contract. So Notre Dame cannot just jump over and say, we're going to join the Big Ten now, or they would be sued to death by the ACC. Because the What's ACC that? basically it, That's called something, rights. right, John? That there's a there's a first legal denial term for that. or something like that. Yeah. First, first look, yeah. first look, first look, first denial or something like that. But they they Notre Dame kind of pretty much has to join the ACC, and I think the ACC has to do something. And the Pac-12 is dead, you know. For all you remember, you remember when Texas and Oklahoma went to the US SEC and the Big Twelve. There was a lot of stuff about the Big Twelve and the Pac-12. Maybe we should join for Well, now you fucking look dumb, don't you? <laughs> Somebody should have got together and said, let's get all these media rights locked up with the Pac-12 and the Big 12. But, you know, apparently, apparently, apparently they're not as you like Jimmy whacking as the Big Ten is. So <laughs> good job, Big 12. You suck. Uh, all right. I want to read a couple of tweets here uh, that are definitely – in in regard Todd left by Todd or he's I don't know what he's doing um let's see this multiple sources telling LA Times that no other Pac-12 members are expected to be added to the Big Ten at this time Oregon Washington Stanford etc will not be following USC and UCLA that was from uh uh Ryan Karchi don't know who he is but there's one that's one response to everything going on Another one is that Big Ten isn't close to done. Keep an eye on Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal. Maybe Utah or Colorado. He said, mention those for a reason. Also, sources say this is all Fox-driven, which is what we've been talking about. They made this happen. No way UCLA or USC reached out first. And one more thing. Welcome back, Dot. The big thing to look at for the Big Ten to add more schools is the Association of American Universities, or AAU, which are like-minded for academics. Here are the schools out there, meaning in the West, Pac-12 country, Arizona, California, Colorado, Oregon, Utah, Washington, Stanford. 
lots of things. Look, this is nothing's going to be decided to, you know, by the time this, this episode airs um, and, and drops, we're going to be talking about this for weeks to come to uh, John. A point about the AAU thing. If you're a big 10 a, a university, I'm sorry. If you're the CEO of the university, the president of the chancellor, whatever, whoever runs the university, you still have to make your academic people happy. And, and so there's a lot of people that probably say, well, they'd let Oregon join even if they're not in the AAU because of all that money. Well, those, those chancellors, the people who run the Big Ten, still have to make their academic people happy. And if their academic people feel like uh, their names are being sullied by adding a school they don't like, they will make a lot of noise and they will make it very bad for those leaders. And those leaders will lose their jobs. So that is something where that actually is realistically applies. It's not just about money for those people. But going back to Notre Dame, I, I wanted to bring up. Wait, wait. I mean, why do you keep pronouncing it Notre Dame? How do you pronounce it? Notre, Notre, Dame? Notre Dame. N-O-T-R-E. I, I don't say shit. I don't say anything proper, do I? I mean, you, yeah, you're, you're like a. Uh, a dog. Notre Dame. Dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> now is this the Swedish chef representing or uh, are speaking here about Notre Dame? I mean, think about this for a minute, how big a deal this is. Because the reason why Notre Dame, <laughs> the reason why Notre Dame and USC are rivals is because all the way back in the 1920s, Canute Rockney was the first coach in the nation and it's Canute, motherfuckers. It's not Newt. Canute, Rockney. This is going with Rockney. Rockney was the first coast in the nation that took his team across the – this is why Notre Dame is the huge team they are nationwide. Yeah. They were the first team that ever played. But you're looking at two teams that literally have been in the same conference for 100 years leaving that conference. And, I mean, this would be like Alabama or Ohio State joining the SEC. You know, this is just something that has to be – so shocking for everybody in that conference, which <clears throat> leads me to my next subject. <clears throat> earlier, to, earlier today, I, I tweeted on uh, on Twitter because that's where you tweet. That is where uh, you tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tweeted that I wouldn't be surprised if this this deal doesn't kill a college football fandom for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm still catching shit from it. You know, the Iowa people jumped on it about – uh, Nebraska fans aren't fans anymore. And a lot of Nebraska fans are like, I think it's the losing that's doing it for me, but they didn't, they didn't get the look at the big picture perspective. And that is watching college football on a Saturday. A lot of times it, it's an escape for people. And it's not an escape in the way that the NFL is right. The NFL, everybody gets to draft. Everybody has a salary cap. Everybody gets the same shit, right? They have an equal opportunity. In college football, college football requires that you suspend belief for a few hours and root for your team because you think that, oh, maybe Boise State can make the playoff this year. You know, maybe Cincinnati can make the play. That's gone. And if you, if, when you look out there, if you're a, a fan of Boise State, if you're a fan of Cincinnati, if you're a fan of one of these schools, that is no longer going to be part of this massive machine called college football. You don't get that suspension of belief. You don't get that escape. You look at it and go, oh, good. We play a Big Ten week team this week, and we're just going to get the shit stomped out of us because they bought everybody. And that's the reality of college football, I think, moving forward. And that's why when I look at it and I go, am I upset about this because I'm old and it's changed? Or am I upset about this because I think it's ultimately going to be really bad for college football? And I think ultimately this is, I think Nebraska can benefit from this in some place, ways, but in the big scheme of things, I think this is not good for the health of college football in the next decade. I'll probably be dead by then again. So, you know. Um, I want to add on to that, that when these changes and these realignments, and these additions and attritions uh, take place. So 2024, 2025, when UCLA, USC are in the Big Ten, by that point, I think Texas and Oklahoma will be in in the SEC. 
you'll have a college football playoff with two teams from one conference and two teams from the other mega conference. And you're going to have a whole lot of people on the outside looking in and you're, it, it's not, I mean, if you, I, this, this comes from a bad place because a lot of times I don't watch the national football uh, or, or the national, the national championship game anyway. Um, but you're going to have a lot of people who maybe just are, are done with the machine and done with the whoring and the money and are like, I don't want to see Alabama, Ohio State again, or Georgia, USC, or, or you know, Michigan, Missouri, like that will never happen. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you know like, I, like they're, they're going to grow tired of, of major party A, V, major party 2, and they're going to be like, I'm going to find something else to watch on Monday night, you know? Don't you don't you think that one of the reasons why you know you have strong college football fans throughout the country that really could give a rat's ass about the NFL is because it it has at least at the division one level it has 120 some odd schools and the Boise states, have a chance. The Cincinnati's have a chance. And, you know, that's pretty widespread across this country. And if, if it comes down to 30 some odd schools, there's a lot of people that I believe will tune out of college football and simply because they don't have a rooting interest anymore. Yeah. Or, or they'll make the, the two, you know, mega conferences one step below the NFL where, you know, it's the NFC, AFC, you'll have big 10 sec playing for a title and then everybody else playing for another title. I mean, the, you, you'll have to incentivize it somehow with some, some level of competition and something, something for them to say, you know, no, not everybody gets a trophy, but we've got these 30, whatever teams, you know, earmarked for for something because they're always going to be in the running for it because with with Oklahoma and in Texas in the in the SEC along with Georgia Alabama and then you have Ohio State Michigan UCLA or USC or Oregon if 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 they can ever win outside of well Oregon potentially moving over if they would win outside of their regional you know uh their their traditional Pac-12 footprint but you'd have the same teams from the two conferences compete. And then you need something because this is going to leave Clemson out. You know, uh, this is going to leave Florida state and Miami on, on the outside looking in. And I don't, I don't have any particular allegiances to any of those schools. Uh, and some of them I hate more than others, but it's going to leave them out. It's going to leave Oklahoma state. It's going to leave Baylor, Texas yeah. tech. I mean, there is a, a litany of, schools that are going to be like, well, we want to play for something. So we'll just make it up. Well, and I don't disagree with that, but I, I think that some of those other schools, the, the ones on the outside looking in, you know, I think that would just give a big fuck you to the big 10 and, and the sec. And, you know, you know, let go, go eat from your own trough because, you know, um, yeah, Right now, the uh, FCS schools, you know, they whore themselves out, you know, one a Saturday or two, maybe some of them three times a season, you know, to get a, a big payday and go get an ass whipping. Um, you know, maybe maybe what happens is that, you know, those other schools say the hell with it. We're not going to be your whipping boys. You're leaving us standing on the curb, leaving us on the outside looking in. Um, yeah. Play that 12 game conference schedule. Yeah. Play amongst yourselves. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of, and this sounds stupid, but, you know, the NFL doesn't play non-conference games. I mean, the NFL, right. they play NFL teams, you know? So yeah, you gotta, the, the, I, the, the, the NFL is not playing the XFL or the USFL, you know, they're playing other teams of, of similar, you know, should be anyway, similar parity and equity. It, we all know it doesn't happen because you're always going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and I 
co-sign. Look, I for two reasons, I co-sign the other D1 schools who have been left, you know, behind saying, "No, nah, we're good. We're going to we'll we'll play the Idaho's or the Montana's or the North Dakota's. Uh, we'll play those teams. You'll you'll figure it out. You know that you, if you want to play that, you know, full speed and I'm not, I'm not saying the other schools aren't full speed, but, you know, if you want to play that that NFL light type of competition because that's the the corner that you painted yourself into, have at it. Go with our blessing. You all beat the shit out of yourselves, uh, each other, for 12 weeks out of, out of the year, and then, uh, you know, figure out who's standing and, and who can go play the other team from the other conferences doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, Texas would be the only one in the entire state of, well, there's Texas A&M, I guess, and the SEC. But, I mean, that's a huge part of Texas to just leave out of the mix if all this yeah. super conference stuff goes on. You know, in Florida, like you said, Florida State, Miami, those Clemson. guys got to – they Clemson, yeah, they got to go somewhere. They got to get – Syracuse? Happen there. <laughs> they, they, they beat us in 1982, and I was pissed off and drunk. I know. So the only difference now is that you're not drunk. <laughs> yeah. I would think, I would think that honestly, I would think that when you look at this, all of this expansion and all this new money coming in, that there has to be some ramifications from the federal government. Because if I, I'll tell you what, if I was, let's say, a U.S. senator who happened to be a Boise State alum, I would look at this and go, you know what? You're going to make that fucking much money. Guess what you can do? You can pay taxes on it and no longer be a nonprofit and you can no longer have antitrust. You know what I mean? I would look at that and I would try to make it living hell. I realize our federal government's a fucking mess, but <laughs> when they want to do shit together, they can. I, I, and this I, would be I, one I, thing where you look at it and go, I mean, all you need is one guy from the South who's an alum of a school that got fucked. And you're like, yeah, let's get together and, Clemson. Yeah. Florida State. Yeah. Somebody but here's the thing. So and, I and John, I, would happen there. I don't disagree. However, and I'm not saying this is a minor issue, but in the grand scheme of things, you'd hope that the federal government would have a few more bigger issues to worry about than those silly old colleges with their football. When I go to work every day, I got to deal pretty much with a Penn State alum and a Wisconsin alum. You know what? <laughs> we do have bigger issues to deal with in life. <laughs> but if I had to deal with an Iowa alum every fucking week of my life, you're damn well bet I'd look at him and go, you know what? This is suddenly a big deal to me, and I'm going to make a law about it. <laughs> if I was a senator, it would happen, and people would go, you have bigger things to worry about, Yeah. Well, screw this Iowa guy. I'm stomping his life into the ground one way or another. So, yeah, they got bigger issues. But this all comes back to egos and feelings. That's how all this shit happens. And I do feel on that basis alone, John, I do feel that there's some congressperson at the federal level from some state who's feel, who will be feeling the burn of, of all of this change, and they're going to try to make a name for themselves. You know, they'd be like, hey, look, I don't know if they have presidential aspirations or not, uh, but they're like, these mega conferences are getting out of control. We lost our forever uh, uh, home and home with USC. I've got to. That's just not fair. I've got to do something about this. Is Kristen Sinema an ASU grad? I don't even know who Kristen Sinema is. Cousin of peppermint patty. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a touche comeback. Wow. Oh, well done. Oh, Todd, thank you. Oh, that made me tear up a little bit. I wasn't prepared for that. God bless. I had you, a God. thought and it went away. Yeah, like a part in the wind. You know, I I um when I saw that it was official, so to speak, I texted my cousin who lives out in Long Beach and uh, big hardcore Nebraska fan. He grew up in Nebraska and then moved out there in his adult life. And uh, his wife is a USC grad and they go to a couple SC games every year. 
And uh, he said, people out here are absolutely freaking. And it was from the sense of no one saw it coming and they really don't know how to feel. They don't know if this is a good thing. <laughs> they, they don't know if it's a bad thing. It's just a thing that caught everybody off guard. And they just, they're just, he said, everybody, like I said, they're just freaking. I just had a thought. I don't mean to cut you off, John. I, I just, right. just as I was, I'm trying to prep the article because it's already nine 30 and I was looking at pictures. And if all the coach coaches stand pat where, where they are in 2024, 2025, chip Kelly's coming to the big 10. Mm-hmm. So is Lincoln Riley. No, Lincoln's <laughs> going to go to another school because it wasn't his idea to go to the Big Ten. Well, PJ Fleck just went to the USC, so he's <laughs> oh, coming that's back. Right? Yeah. Okay, Todd, you taught history, did you not? Yes, I did. Okay, well, I'm going to spring this on you. The, 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 you ready? Well, you know, the thing about it is, is for some reason, everybody thinks that every history teacher knows every obscure aspect of history. So do not do not countries fall apart when the ecosystem ecosystems fall apart when they become incredibly unbalanced. Yes, they do. Okay, so the example of that, the prime example of that is the aristocracy of France under Marie Antoinette, let him eat cake, and then she gets beheaded. It wasn't really French Revolution comes on. She was the wife. All right. Right. But it still was a matter of I think it was what Louis the 13th. It was the matter of the ecosystem becoming so unbalanced with there being no middle and being so poor and so opulently rich. So is that not we could probably come up with more examples than that. Burmese pythons in the Everglades. Uh, the potato famine in Ireland, where they relied so heavily on one crop and it failed that millions of them died. Or, well, or, but or, what, what you're saying is, is that historically, when an ecosystem is out of balance, you, bad you, things happen. Bad things happen. And then you have yeah. to readjust. Right. And, you know, there, there's going to be some colleges and universities and some head coaches that are going to make a ton of money, a ton of money. And they have, no one has stepped in at this point to put any kind of structure around NIL. No yeah. one has stepped in to put any kind of structure around the transfer portal. The NCAA has been noticeably silent even when Texas and Oklahoma said, we're going to the SEC. Yeah. The, the, the NCAA as an entity, I cannot believe is going to exist a whole lot longer. The inmates are running the asylum. There and the, there's yeah, I, zero yeah. structures, zero leadership. And zero regula- regulation. All, all it would have taken was the NCAA saying, uh, you know, to Texas, Oklahoma, how, how, you know, maybe when it first started, no, you can't do that. But both of those institutions have gotten so accustomed to never hearing the word no. And, 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 and you can't, when, when they get, 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 get everything that they want, uh, uh, no, you can't do that. It's not going to stop them anyway. I, I, I'm still baffled and, and it's been what a year, I think since those that was announced or, or right around a year, give or take. And I'm still baffled that they had the cojones in Norman and in Austin to be like, this is for the benefit of our YouTube viewers. Yeah. See you later. Right, we're going, right. we're going to the SEC. Cause that's all it was. It was a giant middle finger and the audacity to just say, yeah, we're, we're, we're leaving. Like, Oklahoma has been in that conference from the beginning, you know, when it was obviously when it was the big eight and it became the big 12 with the arrival of, of Texas and it's ilk. And yeah, I say ilk because anytime you say ilk, it's never with a, a positive connotation again, fuck you, <laughs> Texas. Uh, and then to just, you know, and again, I, 
was talking about this with a, a, a colleague at work today. All they're going to do is go to the SEC and get the brains beat in. They're yeah. not, they don't have the horses to, to be there uh, against w- with the Alabamas and the Georgias, sometimes even the Floridas. And, and it's going to be even funnier when it happens at the likes of like the South Carolinas and maybe the Missouri, like who knows the, the Mississippi States, they're not ready. I don't care what you say. They're used to playing. We, Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. We we should probably actually talk about the benefits that this brings to Nebraska other than just money. Now that we're an hour into it. <laughs> I mean, we get we get exposure in one of the richest recruiting areas in the nation. Yep. On a regular basis in every one of our sports. Okay. You're you're not wrong. However, just not in recent memory, we had that Calabrasca connection that didn't exactly pan out. So I'm not right. I'm not really, you know, holding holding too tightly to that notion of and I'm not blaming the California kids. It's never been my my thing to blame 17, 18, 19 year old kids for changing their minds. But I feel like it's a different. Here we go again with that buzzword in college football culture. And and it wasn't a right fit. I feel like there are exceptions to the rule, but I almost felt like it was wasted energy. Because not, not how many of those kids actually panned out at Nebraska? Not many. I, yeah, I think that was largely because of coaching staff, though. Okay. We, we could say the same thing now, but the fact is you can you have exposure there. John. We have the greatest coach in the history of Nebraska football right now. Okay. <laughs> you know what else is going to be fun is watching USC and UCLA come to play baseball in March in Lincoln. It won't happen. Well, it probably won't. But, you know, just come on, Greg. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm They're not usually. Have to play football in November, too, at like Ann Arbor. Imagine all those kids just dying of the cold. I, I usually I'm glasses half full, but tonight, for whatever reason, I'm being a realist. Nothing about this makes sense. I'm more annoyed now than I was at the beginning of the podcast. I apologize to you, John. Todd, I apologize to you. I apologize to all of our good listeners who are used to happy, cheery, Greg. This isn't <laughs> happy, cheery, Greg. This is confused and frustrated, and none of this makes any sense to me, Greg. Well, well if, they, if there's good news, it's that college football throughout its history has always been about money. It, for the people who have this romantic idea about college football, I, I think we were able to do that because of the, what I mentioned earlier, the suspension of belief. But he, I, right now I'm going back and I'm going through my college football history and because uh, someday I'll probably do YouTube videos on college football history. But you know, back in the 1890s, Yale and Harvard would play in New York City because they would attract giant crowds, you know, and I, I want to say Walter Camp, uh, you know, the father of college football all those years ago had a reserve fund of $100,000. And I want to say, was he Michigan? I want to say Michigan. I should know this. But he had a $100,000 slush fund that sat there that he only used for his football team and only he bought players. He did whatever he wanted. Hard, had no, nobody had control over the guy. So way back from its inception, it's been about this. It just doesn't seem to ever been this just blatantly hoary. <laughs> John, you, you know, you said, you said we ought to talk about how this benefits Nebraska. And I'm still curious outside of potentially opening things up, for um, recruiting in in Southern California, in what other way does Nebraska benefit from this? We're in the Big Ten and we get money. You know, it's kind of like that old Monty Python joke. The only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. You know, I mean, if you wanted to be, if put it this way, if we were doing a podcast for Boise State, I think we'd just be like, what's the fucking point? Why would we do this anymore? But we are Nebraska. We are a huge brand. We do have fandoms and we do. I mean, we've gone through the worst uh, year in our, our school's history, probably for the major three sports. Hopefully thing that, you know, 
hopefully things look up from now. But I think if we we're Boise State doing this podcast, we wouldn't even notice a change. You know, it'd be like, oh, USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. Okay, well, um, what the what the two and a half star kid are we going to get from uh, Bozeman, Montana? Okay, Utah. They won the Pac-12 last year, right? Utah won the Pac-12. <laughs> I mean, how does Utah feel about this? How does Stanford feel about this? Oh, this that's true. Stanford. The you know, I mean, a lot the of these schools just got easier. <laughs> yeah. You know, and for everybody else, I the other thing we're going to have to do, and I know this is long. We went two hours a while back. But the other thing we are going to have to do is redefine what it is to be a successful coach. Realistically. Even Ohio State, listen, if you look at this schedule, if you look at this conference from top to bottom, okay, you're bringing in USC and UCLA, and you assume they're going to be at least decent. They're probably going to go through some very few, uh, very bad years at the beginning because those guys don't play the meaty type of football that the Big Ten does. They're going to have to get beefier up front, right? So they're going to have a hard time, I think, competing in this conference. But even Ohio State, let's take Ohio State and Ryan Day of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and say, okay, well, you lost four games this year, but you still won your conference or division or your pod and went to the championship game. It's just, it's that's probably a more real, I mean, when you look at the NFL, for example, an eight and eight team makes the playoff and maybe they win two games. Was that a shitty year for them? No, because they made the playoff and they didn't go out in the first round. You know, is I think it's just going to be massive changes from here on out. Now, here I, I want to cycle back to something you just said, John, about UCLA and USC coming in and perhaps having to beef up and 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 get used to the Big Ten style of play. We have very recent experience of systems coming into the Big Ten having to say, well, we hope they're going to have to adapt to us and being very successful. So I, I feel like, you know, speed kills. I just think that they're going to, they're probably going to win the conference or, or play for the conference title first, first year in. That'd be oh. hilarious. <laughs> they have a couple of years to, to, to get ready. I, it would not be hilarious. And you know, it, it would, it would, it would lend to the chaos that everybody claims they love in the last three weeks of the regular season. But uh, for you know, Nebraska is not even entrenched Big Ten. I mean, realistically, it's been a decade. Um, but for like the the uh, the Illinois, the Penn States, the Ohio States, Indiana's, Michigan, Michigan states, they would be crying into their Cheerios. Why these new teams that came in and they just beat us and we didn't have a chance or we know we're going to have to change the way we play football. I mean, the the Cleveland Browns still have fans. Still have fans? Yeah. With even with the the suspension of of Deshaun Watson? Their history, they're tired. They're horrible, horrible. God, unbelievable, shitty history. There's still Cleveland Brown fans out there. But I know. I, Sadly, I, I know some rage. They don't. They don't really have a choice. Is Stockholm syndrome at that point? Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? But it, I hate to say it, but Nebraska fans were we're not far behind. You know, we 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 were in love, and it was mutual love, give and take, and we love them, and they won for us, and I mean, they probably won for themselves too. And about twenty years ago, something clicked where the winning. The winning meaningful games stopped. And it's a very one-sided love affair now. For better or worse. Till death do us part. Well, the death of college football may be looming, ladies and gentlemen, but I think that's about all uh, all the toothpaste we can squeeze out of this particular tube. John, anything else you wanted to touch on? I think it just uh, it's going to lead to a different type of fan. I don't, you know, I don't. Yeah, I just just a different type of fan that. uh, I mean, when you watch the NFL, I I still root for Aaron Rodgers only because he's wearing a Packers uniform. But uh, you think it's maybe a more casual fan, John? Yeah, if if I miss a game, I don't give a shit. Mm. You know, and if my team, if the Packers are bad, if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire next week, and I go, oh well, they're not going to win. I'm not going to watch him. 
Why would I bother? I'll go do something else with my time on Sunday. I, I think I, I would agree with that. I think you're going to see some of that. And I also wonder, since there's going to be so much money coming in from TV dollars, do colleges and universities have, you know, those deep pocketed benefactors that are going to continue to step up um, and, and fund programs like they have in the past? Um, you know, if, if, if uh, Trev gets his way and converts Memorial Stadium in a manner that, you know, um, kind of leaves the little guy out, um, what, what, what impact is that going to have? Um, you know, I, I guess I've kind of thought, you know, I hope I have a few good years left in me, but to be honest with you, um, <laughs> I'm not sure I see myself spending the kind of money that I will need to spend to go watch a college football game in five to 10 years. I, I, I don't, I don't know. And the attitude toward players, Greg was going to say something. Go ahead, Greg. No, I was going to say with the new, and I don't know how that media deal money gets broken up among the, but that should be enough to fully fund whatever renovations Trev wants at Memorial stadium. And it should be enough to lower ticket prices because if you're getting paid hand over fist by the corporation, especially in a place like Nebraska, where most of the people are kind of anti-corporation, really, you know, they, maybe they don't want to discuss it. Then there's a way to adjust your ticket prices so that a, a, a fixed income Todd can go to a game or or a family of five, Greg, can go to a game and not have to take out a second mortgage or, you know, borrow a, a against the life insurance policy. You know, like there there are ways to make the money meaningful and you can do it based on the amounts that are, are well, we don't haven't heard amounts that are reported to be coming in, but the amounts that are speculated that this is going to be worth because the last one was massive and it's only going to get bigger that you can take care of every uh, team in that athletic department, every, every team and still have plenty of money left over for the fan. And I was going to say something else that piggybacked off of something you said, John. Oh, I know what it is. You have to watch because if you're not watching, what are you doing at coordination? <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I don't mean that to be right. like a dick, but like, be, because it's, it's ingrained in your nature. Now you, know, you watch something, you, you, you write about it, you record a video about it, you know? Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, give you a, a big head, but without you, there is no coordination, you know? Uh, oh, there still be something with, without you, there's no coordination. So as long as you're drawing breath, you'll be watching football Probably, and, yeah. and, and you'll be uh, doing reaction videos and writing articles, being here on the five heart podcast, because right or wrong, you just don't know any better. <laughs> Well, You're a glutton true. for punishment. <laughs> I'd say one more thing before we go is I think that that between the money that's going to come in from this and the new TV deal and then the name, image, and likeness, I think our attitude about college football players will change. College athletes, particularly college football players, but I mean, when you got watch a guy in the NFL and he gets injured and he gets his knee blown out and you're like, oh my God, he, he's not going to play anymore. You're most I I don't mean to sound well. Yeah, I do mean to sound ruthless. I just look at him and go, well, who's going to run the ball now? I don't really, ESPN's Tom Rinaldi made his entire career of having sad piano music while he was doing some heartbreaking story. And I could see maybe they still do those, but they're not going to have the same impact because we're all going to look at it and go, well, fuck that guy. He should have signed a better Neil deal. You know what I mean? I don't, there's a romanticism that exists in college football. And I think uh, that's the part that's probably severely going to be damaged in the next couple of years. Only time will tell. All uh -huh. we know is that more expansion, more conference expansion and attrition is coming. 
expansion of the Big Ten, attrition from the Pac-12. And we don't know if or when it's ever going to stop. We have shared our thoughts tonight, this week, this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We're curious on your thoughts, so make sure that you leave us a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, uh, leave us a comment uh, on Coronation if you're just checking out the audio there or Facebook or wherever you find Coronation because uh, we do this for you. I don't think you know, but without our opinions, you might not have any of your own. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, but we, we do. We, we value uh, your, your your opinions, your feedback, uh, and, and we hope that you uh, – uh, have some good. We want to know. I mean, since since it landscape is apparently going that way, what other schools, what other teams do you want in the Big Ten? Drop that in the comments, and uh, uh, I mean, we'll acknowledge it somehow. Maybe we're kind of bad about reading I, comments. I want, Clemson. <laughs> but we want to just, see them. Just, I want Clemson. Just so we can I have don't. one one school full of people that go, dang, 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 dang. I ain't fixing to reckon. You want you want one school Trainee from school. south of the Mason Dixon? There, dog, a goddamn son of bitches in football. They dog. Have you you're from the Sand Hills, aren't you, John? No, I'm no, I'm I'm from South, I'm sub southwest Nebraska. Why? What does the Sand Hills have to do with Clemson? I just feel like probably where you're from, there's some people there that don't talk like this. And uh... that nobody talks like that. We all sound like Dick Cavett. I lived in Texas. Okay, I, I worked my summers through high school in Texas. Every time I'd return to Texas, it took me three days to start going back to mean. Know what I mean? Let's go up the tank and go fishing this weekend. All right. Well, enough of uh, John's linguistic history. We just can't take any more fun of that. So for our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnson, for Todd Wolverton, who is with us as always, I'm Greg Mahochko reminding you this and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red. Sonny Barger, rest in peace.